0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Charlie Matz, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Friday, March 26, 2021. Plans. They are certainly useful. No matter what you're planning to accomplish, it's helpful to have a game plan that walks you through the steps and keeps you on track when distractions and disruptions take place, as they always do. But have you ever thought about the fact that a plan is only as trustworthy as the one who wrote it? I remember when I tore my ACL a few years ago, after several visits to the specialists, it was time to do physical therapy. The the first physical therapist I went to didn't exactly gain my trust. The experience I had from the moment I walked into his practice wasn't great, and I didn't see anything taking place with the other patients that served to increase my trust in his ability to give me a plan that would ultimately restore my strength. Because I didn't trust the one who wrote my recovery plan, I wasn't willing to continue when things got hard. But then, I found another physical therapist. This person gained my trust right from the moment I walked through his doors. Through a series of conversations and treatments, I was completely trusting this man with my health. He wrote up a plan that included a lot of uncomfortable stretches and workouts, and I was eager to follow it. When things got hard, I pushed through, but why? Why did I go through this pain? Because I trusted the one who wrote the plan, knowing that if I stuck to it, I would see the results I was hoping for. Life is hard, and it's always going to be hard. We know this from the scriptures. This is a fallen world, saturated with sin, and it's only temporary in light of eternity. But praise God that we know who wrote the plan. God has everything in control. And unlike a physical therapist, God isn't making educated guesses based on research and trial and error. No, God is all-knowing. All powerful, perfectly holy, just, and loving, and He's sovereign over everything in our lives. Even when things get hard, we can trust the plan because the one who wrote it is eternally trustworthy. Today, we pick up our Old Testament reading again in Deuteronomy, this time in chapter 3. Now, chapter 3 continues with God's plan to help the Israelites take over and inherit the land that God has planned for them. God tells them to not fear the king of Og and reminds them of how He helped them defeat the king of Sihon. Now, it's interesting as we read these accounts of Israel moving into the promised land, because at some point you kind of scratch your head and say, why didn't God just move them into a giant empty field where they could set up shop forever? I think there's a few reasons why that we can learn from, and this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's certainly something that can help us be encouraged. First, because that was the plan that God decided to initiate. I only say that because sometimes we won't know why God is executing a plan in our life at least not all the details or the reasons, and we need to trust God even if the plan seems scary or strange. But fortunately, God does give us a few reasons. Although God is moving Israel into this area, he's also using the event to judge nations and cities. We see this starting in verse 4. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city that we did not take from them, 60 cities, the whole region of Argob, the kingdom of Og, and Bashan. All these were cities fortified with high walls, gates, and bars, besides very many unwalled villages, and we devoted them to destruction." God also chose this plan to grow the faith of Israel we see this in verse 21 and it commanded Joshua at that time your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings so will the Lord do to all the kingdoms into which you are crossing you shall not fear them for it is the Lord your God who fights for you and as we see over and over again God uses his plan to glorify himself even at the end of our passage today we see this reminder that although Moses was chosen to lead Israel God was always the one in charge, always the object of glory. Moses doesn't get to enter the promised land because of his disobedience previously. If we think back to the situation where Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it to get water. At the end of the day, it's always about God and His glory, no matter what position of honor He might allow us to hold as part of His plan. Now, praise God that He is the one writing up all of our plans. I certainly would rather have the one writing the plan be sovereign, loving, all-powerful, and 100% trustworthy which none of us are those things, at least not fully or perfectly. And perhaps you're in the middle of a particularly difficult season right now. You can always count on the fact that God is working to grow you in a few ways during those seasons. First, your steadfastness. We know from James 1, 2 through 4 that trials produce steadfastness, this ability to hold up under the weight of trials more and more as you grow to be more like Christ. Second, your faith. The more you can see the patterns of God's faithfulness through the difficulties of life, especially looking back, the more you will trust Him in the future. And also, God will grow your view of Him, making it higher and higher. We need to celebrate the fact that God gets the glory in all situations. He is the hero of our story, not ourselves. Now, moving into the Psalms reading for today, Psalm 38, 9-16. This Psalm is a great encouragement to trust the plan when the author is the Lord. Verse 15 says, But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. And verse 22 says, make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Another great reminder that if you're a child of God, the plan ultimately ends in your salvation, spending eternity with the Lord in perfect glory. There's no better end to any plan ever than us spending eternity in glory with Christ. And the rest of this psalm reminds us to trust the plan even though my own strength fails me, my family might be far off from me, I might be lonely, my enemies plan my, dismi- my demise. Let's praise the Lord today that no longer, uh, no, no how, matter how long the list of difficulties is in our life, He is using all of them and he knows how it ends. And as Pastor Ben likes to say, spoiler alert, it ends wonderfully for those in Christ. So maybe today is a good day to review God's plan and compare it to your plans. Put those up next to each other. And when your plans don't seem to be going so well, just remember that God's plan is right on track. His plan is never off course. Now, moving to our gospels reading in Matthew 24, 36 through 51. Today in Matthew, we're reminded that although we don't know when Christ is coming back specifically, We do know that he's coming back definitely. In verse 36, we learn that no one knows the day or the hour. And in verse 37, we read, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Although we don't know the exact time of Christ's return, it will catch some people off guard, and it will come with some component of judgment. Just like in the days of Noah, there will be two types of people, those saved and those not saved. Can you imagine watching Noah build the ark and mocking him the whole time, just enjoying life, enjoying sin, ignoring the conviction of sin and the message that this man of God was bringing? Then, without specific warning, the floods came. And by the time you realized it, the door of the ark was shut. If you're listening to my voice right now and you haven't put your trust in Christ, then I want to plea with you for a moment. The flood is coming. Judgment is coming. Now, that might be at your death, which really could happen at any moment. Don't be fooled that you have time. Or that could happen upon Christ's return, which could happen at any moment we're learning. Fortunately for us, God hasn't asked us to build an ark to climb inside. Instead, He gave us His only Son in Jesus Christ to climb inside. When we put our trust in Christ, His death on the cross for the payment of our sins, we are hidden in Him, no longer prone to the wrath of God. God's wrath is coming like a flood, don't get me wrong, but you can be saved from the overwhelming flood of God's wrath by placing yourself in Christ. But know this, the time is now. Because once you stand face to face with your maker, the time to choose is over. The day of salvation is today. Once the ark doors shut, your chance to repent and accept the free gift of God's salvation through grace is over. I plea with you to repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ today. Because Jesus continues in this passage saying, Then two men will be in the field one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Don't be tricked into thinking you have time. Repent and believe today. Now, For those of you who have put your trust in Jesus Christ, he continues in verse 45 saying, Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Jesus is describing the behavior of someone who trusts the plan of his master. There's no doubt that things could get pretty wild on the earth before this is all said and done. But praise God that he told us things would get wild. Amen? There's no surprises here. So today, let's meditate on what God's plan is, not what our plans are. I think this will help us to focus on the spiritual much more than the material. So many times our minds and hearts go to preparing the physical, and don't get me wrong, there's a place for wise planning. But let's make sure we're aligning our plan with God's plan, which is always about the soul first and foremost. Prepare your soul to do God's will. Pray as God taught us in the Lord's Prayer, where only about one-sixth of the requests are for our personal, physical needs. All the rest are requests for our spiritual needs. That should guide the pattern of our prayer life. And going back to what we talked about a few days ago, let's make disciples. Let's work to get as many souls on the ark, so to speak, as possible, hidden in the person of Jesus Christ, redeemed by His blood. Yes, God is the one who saves, but as Paul said in Romans 10:14, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have not heard, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Will you be that person who preaches the gospel? Now moving to the New Testament in Acts 27:27 27, 27 through 44. We see again in this passage more troubles with the weather and the ship that Paul and Luke are traveling on, but we also see Paul's complete trust in God's plan. And that trust is a testimony to God's glory in front of the onlooking passengers. In in verse 30, some of those passengers try to make, take matters into their own hands. We read, and the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow. Now, this was a selfish move as it would have saved them but left the boat without a crew to manage the storm. And Paul warns the centurion and the soldiers that these men won't be saved unless they stay on the ship. You know, God's plan, it's in an action and it's moving forward, but there's human responsibility to align with the will of God in order to avoid disaster at times. Then Paul, he helps the crew gain nourishment and encouragement for the big day of rescue ahead. In verse 35, we read, and when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Now, this wasn't Paul taking the Lord's Supper, but rather publicly displaying his trust in God's plan. This must have encouraged the men to see Paul's confidence in the Lord, for they had no hope without God's help. How often do you worship God for the simple fact That you can wake up and go to bed with confidence. There are so many people in this world, especially after this last year, that have zero confidence in anything but sinking sand. I certainly think it's profound to think that we have a solid plan for our lives. One that we can trust in no matter what we feel like on any given day. What a gift. So perhaps you and I can take a cue from Paul. Maybe we can confidently give thanks in the presence of all because we are confident in the plan of our lives. Not because we wrote it, not because it will be smooth at all times along the journey, but because we know who wrote it. Having a high view of God is so important because trusting God's plan is totally related to the extent that we trust God himself. How do we learn to trust God more? We get to know him more. How do we get to know him more? We study his word the Bible. If you want to learn to trust the plan more, then you must learn to trust the Lord more. Don't underestimate the power of being consistently in God's word. Although you might not always know the details of the plan, you find yourself in the middle of, you can certainly know the one who wrote the plan. And because of who he is, you can travel onward with complete confidence that you will arrive exactly where you should, on time, and more like Christ. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today in Revival from the Bible. I will be filling in for Ben Blakey until he's back on Monday, March 29th. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.